the minute a lad had asked me for a ticket, he'd go into the book. He could have 50, 60, 70 requests. They would look the mammy then and he kind of went through the list of two of the services the most. There could be a lot of lads texting. OTV AM, live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTV Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. AIG Ireland announced its five new ambassadors for their summer sponsorship campaign yesterday, calling for Times Like These, which focuses on the times, lives and sporting experiences of our star LGFA players. The new campaign continues to promote the AIG's effort is equal message, with a new series of videos focusing on each of the AIG ambassadors and their stories. The five ambassadors who will feature in the new campaign are Lauren McGee of Dublin, Catherine Sullivan of Mayo, Ashling O'Connell of Kerry, Amy Mackin of Armagh and of course Vicky Wall from Meath. In addition, AIG also announced their LGFA member and player car insurance offer of 25% off for players and 15% off for all members across the country at www.aig.ie forward slash LGFA and we're delighted to be joined on OTBAM this morning by Vicky Wall herself. Vicky, very good morning. Morning, how are we? Keeping well, Vicky, keeping very well. Um, big week for you. Uh, we have the, the confirmation of uh, your move down under North Melbourne, the lucky ones to uh, to grab your signature at, uh, once this season ends, but um, was that an easy decision to make? I know you had plenty of suitors down under, but uh, finally you've you've come to your decision. Yeah, yeah, I've got, come to my decision. Um, I suppose uh, there definitely was a few things I had to, I had to weigh out. Um, you know, kind of even prior to even like you know, never mind choosing a club. It was just a decision, I suppose. You know, it, it's not the easiest thing to, to leave me when it's going well, but I suppose it's, it's an opportunity that I kind of couldn't pass up, and I, I you know, I'm looking forward to it, to a new challenge as such. Is it nice to have Erica Erica O'Shea? I know she's uh, she, she's heading to the, to the same club down in Australia as well. Um, it, it, might, it might be nice to have some Irish some Irish company and, and girls you can immediately gel with. Yeah, absolutely. It's always nice to have someone kind of in a in a similar scenario to you. And I suppose there's a, there's a lot of Irish over there now at the moment, and a few I kind of would have been in college with and stuff like that as well. So I suppose I I, I think everyone's been great so far, and you know. Being, being there if you have any any questions and stuff like that so I've no doubt that will kind of continue over there regardless if they're playing for different clubs and stuff like that Am I right in saying you were last in Australia in, in 2019 I know you were over for that AFLW Combine uh, a few years ago but with everything that's happened since with Covid uh, etc you mightn't have had a chance to go back over but it's quite hard to believe what's happened in the interim because you know since then you've you've been named Intermediate and Senior Ladies Footballer of the Year you've got a couple of All-Irelands in those levels as well so even since that combine in 2019, it's been a bit of a whirlwind for you. Yeah, absolutely has. And I suppose even that 2019 combine was a bit of a whirlwind. I was only there for four days. I had to fly back for a county final. So that was a bit of a strange one as well. I don't think I saw so much of Melbourne other than um, other than the actual stadiums and stuff like that that we were kind of going to. So um, I, I hope I'll get to see a bit more when I'm over there now. But uh, yeah, no, it has been a whirlwind. But I suppose it's been, been great for me then and great for, for my club in Boyne as well. Is it a seamless transition, Vicky, or do you have to, like, how much work do you need to put in? Um, no, I wouldn't say it's a seamless transition. I know Mike Curran, who's over here with the AFL, he kind of does does some skill sessions and stuff like that as well, but I've no doubt it would be a bit of a bit of a shock to the system when I first go over, but, like, I suppose that's kind of half the exciting part is that you're kind of learning a new, new skills the entire time. And how big is it over there? In terms of the, the game itself? Yeah. 
yeah, I think it's growing. I think it's similar to, to ladies football over here. I think, you know, there's more traction. There's more visibility of it. There's more, you know, there's more people playing it. I know initially when I went over in 2019, I think they're kind of highlighting the fact that they might have, mightn't have have had um, a huge amount of football structures for girls past the age of kind of 14, 15, whereas that's not the case now. So they kind of have an influx of people coming in, of younger girls coming up now that have actually got to play it from a young age and have been supported the whole way up. So I suppose it, it's in, interesting in that sense of, you know, it's, it's definitely getting bigger over there as well. And is like the likes of Orlo Dwyer, is she like an inspiration to the likes of you to go over there and kind of see, sort of see how it translates? Yeah, absolutely. I suppose, you know, you see any of the Irish girls that are doing well over there, like you obviously want to go over and, you know, do well. You don't want to be going to go over just for the sake of being in a different country, you know, that kind of way. It's, I think regardless of anyone that goes over, they want to still be, you know, playing well and playing even and improving themselves. I know I've spoken to you before, uh, Vicky, about um, Eamon Murray's comments. I know you're all you're, you're best friends with with your Meath manager Eamon Murray now <laughs> since, but like the, the comments at the time were, were quite funny. He was saying, um, "I'd say we're losing Vicky now in September, and I don't know how many more we'll lose. I don't know why you'd want to play that sport because it's dreadful stuff to watch. I can't understand it. There's no skill at all. So, but you're you've obviously kissed and made up with Eamon since. <laughs> I, yeah, I think poor Eamon now. I think he's got a very bit of abuse for that one. So uh, <laughs> he didn't get any more from me anyway. Put it that way. But uh, I know. Look, Eamon's really supportive of us going of me going over and you know he, he wants us to see us doing well regardless of what it is so no no he, he's lied for me we just when it, when a team looks for a player from from ireland like to, is it is it sort of stats based what do they look for is it like um all the attributes is it particular athleticism what what attracts them to a player like you um, I don't know I think even all of the players going over you know there's very different attributes that we all have but you know you can kind of it's different positions to be looking at as well but I think you know just in terms of you know general fitness and stuff like that you know it's like I it was a 2.4k kind of um run and stuff that they what they kind of do and just different kind of um fitness tests as well and then just I suppose skill sessions in relation to Mike was able to get a bit of footage and stuff like that so you can send it over to them so they know, they know you can at least handle the ball and stuff like that as well. You know, they don't expect to, the highest of, you know, they don't expect you to be going over with perfect ball skills, but obviously you have to have kind of some understanding. Like, do you take almost motivation sometimes, uh, Vicky, from, you know, a lot of people when, when the Irish players started going over to, to Australia to play in the FLW, people were saying, oh, it's going to be tough to, to kind of gel into this sport. There's a lot of new skills to learn. But, like, I remember reading quotes from you uh, even before the All-Ireland final win for me last, last year, talking about, you know, you take your motivation from from people doubting you and doubting the team. Like, will it be kind of similar for you and us? Like, it's almost like a a new challenge for you to kind of rise up and and exceed expectations, almost. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose. Um, I don't know if it's kind of an external thing of to the same extent of you know, proven to doubt it, you know, that kind of way. But as in definitely to myself anyway, if, you know, being able to be adaptable and stuff like that as a sports person is something that I think is a term that's thrown around quite a lot. So I suppose I'll I'll definitely be testing that of myself. And I suppose it's it's kind of for me anyway interesting to see how, how I'm gonna get on. I know you've been doing uh, I think it was the was the digital marketing masters in, in DCU. Is that is that on the back burner now or well, obviously it, when you're heading to us it has to go on the back burner but is that something you'll, you'll consider coming back to in in a number of years I guess it's take take it as it goes in Australia. Yeah, I suppose it is take it as it goes. Um I suppose I'll be doing a bit of work with the with the club themselves actually in the, the digital marketing kind of department and stuff so I suppose it's not like putting a, putting everything else on hold just to just to kind of pursue sports so that's kind of a nice balance as well 
I even I remember reading different times, Vicky, and, and I remember speaking to you before about uh, celebrating the, the the big moments and that that win for me in, in the All Ireland last year, uh, of which you were, you were a major part, was was huge. And I remember you talking about Keepak, uh, the Mead sponsors organising a, a night, a celebratory night, and I remember you talking about speaking to people like Trevor Giles, uh, who told you to enjoy it. Uh, as long as you can because you never know when, you, when you'll win another are you glad now looking back especially with, with Australia on the rise and that at the time yourself and, the, uh, and your Meath teammates really enjoyed that, that win and, and kind of took it all in because sometimes you know it can, it, these wins can bypass players they, they wait all their lives for All-Ireland and then when it happens it almost feels anticlimactic but I feel like that wasn't the case for yourself you know, definitely wasn't anti-chromatic at all and we definitely, definitely did enjoy the, the celebrations and everything that came with it. But um, yeah, I think it's definitely just even, you know, after last year, I, I definitely think I'm just appreciating Meath football more and I suppose the, the position we're in, how privileged we are. I think, you know, you can see in ladies football how quickly things can change um, and we've been in that position as well. So I think we're kind of conscious of that and enjoy, enjoying how we're going at the moment. I know you're a St Peter's Dunboyne um, woman as well, and and like speaking to to Sean Boylan, a fellow uh, Dunboyne man, uh, recently, and uh, like the aura that Sean has, everyone knows, is is uh, quite incredible, and he's he's an esteemed figure in this country for a number of reasons. But for yourself, as someone from the same club as Sean, I'm sure he was someone he you held in great esteem growing up as a kid, and he was probably almost this mythical figure of sorts in, in the town. Yeah, he absolutely was. And even, you know, any time we kind of come across him or you've gone up to him to, to help you sort, for him to help you sort something out the day before a game, you know, you could easily be there for an hour and there's never any lack of knowledge or storytelling, which, you know, is something you always take in. So I suppose any time you get to spend with him is good. And, you know, he even kind of just about even the move to Australia, you know, he was telling me to enjoy it and make the most of it and everything like that. So he's definitely someone that we all kind of, we definitely all value in Dunboyne and I think around around the country. I'd actually advise anyone to, uh, who hasn't read it, Arthur Sullivan, who, who was a friend of mine who used to work with, he did an article about Sean in the um, Legend series in the GEA website. It goes back now to 2015 where Sean's dad was actually like a very, very key figure in the War of Independence. His, his dad had him when he was quite old in life. So Sean is like one generation from the start of the state, effectively like right. Brig- Brigadier, um, Brigadier General Sean Boylan. That was his father, and he was named after him. It's a, it's an amazing piece, and Sean, oh, he's just a, what a what a personality, what a character, and um, yeah, you you'll have fewer better inspirations, I guess, Vicky. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, there's never any lack of inspiration when you're talking to him. He's he's a phenomenal man. He <laughs> didn't have you up doing laughs of the Hill of Tower like the lads back <laughs> in the day. Not quite, not quite. We haven't we haven't seen that yet, but I'm I'm sure it could be in the pipeline. <laughs> he, it's funny. He, like Sean was in charge of international rules teams that had serious hacking jobs against Australia. Some of those battles in in Croke Park and down under as well. I mean, just battering into each other across the course of a few tests like is that something that the physicality uh, Vicky that, that you're looking forward to that you're kind of I'm not going to say you're dreading it because of course you're not but it's certainly another aspect of the game that, that kind of differentiates it from, from Gaelic football in some ways yeah, no, it does. I, yeah, I think I'm looking forward to. It. I think you know, in, in the game, in ladies' football at the moment, it's still technically, technically a non-contact sport. But sure, that's not true at all. But I think you know, even there's probably is a bit of a drive and a bit of a want for the physicality to increase and you know to be able to utilise all the, the efforts we're putting into strength and conditioning. So I suppose when you're going over there, you're expecting it. You know, it's you know it's allowed. You're kind of getting used to it. But I'm sure that will even take time for me to adapt to as well. Okay, it's funny. 
that adaption to the to the sport like for for a lot of players it seems to happen quite quickly or people like Cora Staunton you know or is your plan to kind of approach them as well and and maybe you already have like have you got on to Cora and players who have been established over there in Australia and kind of got some um, some words of wisdom some words of wisdom from them as well yeah, definitely. I've been in touch with a good few of the girls that are over in Australia now at this stage, just even, you know, whether it's general questions or just about, you know, the, the game itself. So everyone's been really, really helpful. And um, yeah, I was on to Cora and she's, she's been a serious help already. Yeah. Like just when I mentioned Dunboyne there, Vicky, um, like I'm thinking back to the, the All-Ireland Club uh, final last year and, you know, stopping Fox Rock Cabantilli from winning that seven in a row. And I know you had the All-Ireland with, with me as well, but you hear a lot of players who've won, who've managed to be lucky enough to win a club All-Ireland and an and a inter-county All-Ireland as well, talking about how the club one feels different. It, it must have been quite special to to win an All-Ireland with girls who, you know, you've grown up playing alongside from, from you know, under sevens upwards. It, it, it's probably a different feeling to, to the win with Meath. Yeah, it definitely is. I suppose we probably had a, a somewhat I wouldn't say overly similar, but there's definitely some comparisons in, in Dunboyne. You know, we, we our team disbanded in 2014, or you know, we came back together, sorry, in 2014 after a lot of people were kind of travelling and studying abroad and everything like that. And people would have had to transfer to local different clubs. And then we started in junior in 2014 and we ended up winning a junior all in 2015 and intermediate in 2017. So like it kind of was that rise as well and that kind of journey and such like that. So from 2015, 2017, all of our All Ireland games were away, so we would have spent a significant amount of time with each other on buses every single weekend. So, you know, like it or not, we were forced to get to know each other extremely <laughs> well. And I think that kind of stood to us. And, you know, just even our, our first All Ireland in 2015 was in Limerick. And just I remember it was the worst day ever. Our supporters' bus was about 10 or 15 minutes late. So, like, we do have all those memories together. So, like I said, it was just winning with people you've been playing with since under 12 and everything like that just you know it's kind of something you can't can't really describe and when it kind of works out it, it's, it's an unbelievable feeling What can other counties and even clubs I guess learn from the Mead story like clubs uh, and counties that um, have just been sort of maybe in the doldrums and are finding it hard like it, it, it's got to be some sort of an inspiration what did you guys do to to turn this into this almost overnight success uh, I know it wasn't an overnight success but it's and, and like the lift it gave the county as well when you won the All-Ireland um, yeah, I think it's definitely been a mixture of things. You know, I think we are lucky that regardless of, we did have a lot of chopping and changing of a panel, but we kind of kept a core group of of enough people there, I think, to kind of continually drive things and meet. And then I think once once um, we had that foundation of a group still there and got management involved, that both had the same kind of want and desire. And I think we, like Paul, is originally our, our coach is originally from Mulcastle Mead. Now he's a Baltimore man in Wicklow now, but I think maybe his even understanding of the potential that was in the group, and I suppose our own understanding, was something that we were able to draw on and kind of motivate each other in, in different ways. So I, I, I don't know is, is the perfect answer or honest answer, but um, yeah, I think it was a mix of a lot of things and maybe not just one big thing. You, you need somebody to say to you like essentially I believe in you and once you start seeing that um, well if he believes in us and you know you can see the progress there in front of you I guess you start thinking that you're on a journey here. Yeah I think even learning to win I think we, we knew mm. how to lose we knew how to you know in tight games there would be 10 minutes to go and we could be a few points up and we knew exactly what to do to lose because we kept doing it um, we'd give away a few kickouts and we'd do things that were just out of the ordinary so then kind of once or twice when you're in those scenarios and you kind of learn how to get a match across the line and just like small little learnings and then as a group collectively as everyone else kind of as, as like 
the entire panel starts to learn those scenarios. I think it kind of weighs out and then it kind of, you know, it, it definitely doesn't become like second nature, but as in you kind of, you just have an awareness of it and that kind of, you know, you can feel momentum shifts a bit more, I think, and kind of game management, I think, as well. Can I just ask you a, f- a final one, Vicky? Something that, that cropped up last week, and, and uh, we had Andy McEntee in studio on the show last week, the, the now former Meave manager, um, and he was talking about the, the levels of abuse on social media, uh, letters to the house he was getting as well from from people, I, I guess, in Meath and maybe outside as well, who knows? Uh, and, and I saw the tweet, and I saw you you'd retweeted it yourself, and Shane McEntee, Andy's son, is someone, you know, I actually went to college with Shane, and I, you know you can kind of emphasise with, with this sort of thing. He was talking about the letters to the house and the abuse, you know, Andy might have been getting for picking Shane on the panel, his own son, uh, even though Shane was clearly there on merit. And... And, and even last Saturday, we had a panel on, on, on Off the Ball, John Duggan presented, on, on this culture of social media abuse of sports people and, and the issue of, of, you know, being on a platform where, where you have to nearly take this abuse and even from the stands taking abuse during games as well. I, I just want to get you, gather your thoughts on that and maybe have you had any experiences of, of that sort of thing yourself, whether it be online, in person? Uh, I'm sure it's not easy, you know, and you probably see it happening to teammates as well. It's, it's, it seems to be fairly rife at the minute, unfortunately. Yeah, I think it is. And I think maybe um, social media maybe is, is more right for the men's side of things um, in terms of the abuse. And I think, you know, like like you said, like I don't think any, I think anybody that knows football and Meath um, can 100% say the change there in merit. So um, I think, you know, like it's something that maybe like is in, I don't know how to stop it, but I think, you know, the level of abuse that, that they were getting was just like, it's just disgraceful to be honest. But in terms of ladies football, I suppose, ah, we do see a bit of it online. I suppose just even, you know, Instagram and stuff like that. I think everyone's a bit, everyone's very accessible. So it's easy to send a message after a game, after a win or a loss. Um, and I suppose part of sport, you know, you always hear things from the sideline as well. I, I don't know how to, to clamp, down, clamp down on it more, I suppose verification of people online is, is probably something to go because I think it tends to always be people that have no profile picture and no followers and everything like that I think it's very easy to, to you know make an account and with a fake name and things like that and hide behind it I think you know it's it's, it's kind of the times we're in that people people seem to continuously be doing that just get, yeah, Elon Musk is on your wavelength there I think or allegedly so anyway yeah hopefully it, uh, hopefully it uh, improves and uh, social media companies get their act together listen uh, Vicky it's been great chatting to you this morning no doubt we'll, uh, we'll catch up with you between now and us and uh, listen best of luck with the rest of the season with me thanks so much thanks William OTB With Gillette, get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.